1: Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Texan Senior Residential Care Homes, ATD Painting, and Performance Food Group end Senior Residential Care Homes, senior care at its best with a family atmosphere. Obviously, if all seniors had the option, they would be living at home, but sometimes that isn't always possible. Well, guess what? That is where TechSend Senior Residential Care Homes comes into the picture. End specializes in making its facilities as close to a home living experience as possible. I'm talking full living room, kitchen, dining room, cable TV, music, games, fireplace, you name it. End Senior Residential Care Homes has it. They've even got home cooked meals by experts, it's an extra throw in. Not only that, there are no move-in fees, no visitation restrictions, so your loved ones are free to stop by and visit anytime they please. Texan Senior Residential Care Homes are located at I-635 in Marsh Lane in Dallas, right near Carrollton. For more info, you can call 469-400-7650. Texan Senior Residential Care Homes. And now, let's podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor at Star Local Media. And I'm being joined by Kendrick Johnson, sports editor for the McKinney Courier Gazette, as well as Brian Murphy, sports editor for the Frisco Enterprise, Little Elm Journal, and uh, Salina Record. Mm-hmm. And gentlemen, let's preview some of the marquee games on tap for week two of the high school football season. Um, as was the case last week, we're going to focus the first part of this podcast on the reader-voted game of the week. Um, we'll take a quick break, and then we will touch on some a uh, few more of the marquee matchups that are going to be within our coverage area. First off, Thank you to everybody who voted in this week's Game of the Week poll. A lot of turnout for this one. Five very worthy candidates. However, um, much like last week with Plano and Hebron, we had one game that really kind of separated itself from the pack early on and um, just left everybody else in the rearview mirror. I don't know what it is about the area of Rowlett, man. <laughs> it was... Uh, I love the Eagles. I mean, last year you know, was was one thing I was curious to kind of see, you know, a year went by, just how if they, if they still had the same kind of turnout, and yet it is still week two. It is death taxes and Rowlett... <laughs> Showing out and uh, just rolling to a victory in our game of the week poll. They didn't lose a single game of the week, um, you know, vote last year, and sure enough, they uh, they kept that momentum rolling. Um, and they just they this was they they left no doubt. They, uh, they the game between Rowlett and Rockwall Friday seven thirty at Wilkerson Sanders Stadium out in Rockwall. That accounted for two thirds of the votes in uh, in our game of the week poll. So uh, hey, thanks to all the folks out in Rowlett who are showing out en masse to vote for this game, and it's a good game too. I mean, this yeah. is a rivalry that is a uh, you know been a Pretty back and forth between two of the more consistent teams within the area. Um, Rockwell leads the overall series eleven to nine, but Rowlett has had the uh, the recent edge. They've won two straight. Um, normally, for a podcast like this where we talk, you know, a bit more about Rowlett, it would be great to have Devin Hassan here. He's the you know the editor of the Rowlett Extra Times. He is the end all be all for everything Rowlett Eagles. But Devin is on vacation, so in his place, we got Kendrick. Because Kendrick has Kendrick saw Rowlett last week. He saw them uh, turning a great a great debut to the 2008 eighteen season, where they went into McKinney ISD Stadium and, uh, and spoiled a, uh, a, a big game for McKinney Boyd. They just rolled past the Broncos 45-21. to Kendrick, what were some initial impressions when you saw Rowlett doing its thing against Boyd last week?
2: One word. Speed, their speed. They have track speed on their team. It's ridiculous. But their execution was where really they came out. The first three drives, three the four, uh, four, three to first four drives, they scored and they would have scored on the uh, the one they didn't. Um, quarterback Chase Topal got stripped at the two, so they didn't um, score. But he made up for it. He threw for two touchdowns, ran for another, threw for two thirty two. And they had um, Tonti Amos Who's like a grown man But amongst boys, just <laughs> literally, literally Trucking people And carrying them Like Jerome Bennett style <laughs> To the one And they, and they gave um, Boyd all they could handle but I think uh, um, the main thing with them is going to see can they do this on a weekly to week basis. Was this a nominee, or was this going to be a week to week thing? Because they have a lot of question marks with the offense. But I don't think when you score forty five points, you got question marks.
1: And that's the that was the weird thing about Rellet last year. They were such a tough team to figure out during non district. They began the year losing twenty four to ten to Louisville, a Louisville team that didn't make the playoffs, you know, in its district. Um, and then the following week was the big rivalry game against Rock. Rockwall and they beat Rockwall 48 to 41. So just yeah, that team be week's time, in, park in one state. Yeah, yeah just
3: I'm pretty sure all of us picked Rockwall to win that week and week two on the picket line. Oh yeah, I, I mean Rowlett thought Rowlett had a chance. Oh yeah,
1: Rowlett just laid such a clunker against Louisville yeah. that I mean you just kind of got to go with what you know. But it just shows you just kind of how unpredictable these early season results can be. You know, but then they have that huge win over Rockwall last year, but then they turn around and get run over by Plano 41 to 31. So it was such a such an inconsistent start for uh, you know for Rowlett, and that's I guess one. of the fascinating subplots. I mean, they have such a momentous win to begin the year. Now, when they uh, they get to renew this rivalry against a Rockwell team that is, I'm guessing, fairly hungry to snap this uh, this two-game draft that they've had um, against the Eagles. I mean, what kind of consistency are getting are you going to get out of Rowlett?
2: Also, their defense is very underrated because every time they need a turnover yeah. or a big play, they showed up. Um, I, I said Chase Topal fumbled at the two. They ended up getting the fumble almost at the same exact spot from Boyd. The ensuing drive. It's like who does that? Oh yeah, and then. And um Christian Ziegler, boys quarterback scores to make a it 14-7. It's like, okay, we got a gang in late second quarter. And they kicked the ball. Well, I take that back. They did not kick it directly to him. Mm-hmm. They kicked it, um, they kicked it to the opposite return man and they reversed it to Jerry Wesley. They muffed the reverse. He kicks it, picks it up, and then makes four people miss and goes 94 wow. yards. Wow. <laughs> and then you look up yeah. his Twitter, it says, I run a four-three-nine, I'm a two-time state um participant and you can catch him in the end zone or in Austin on the track.
3: I caught him in the end zone. So he's the next Marquise Goodwin out of Rowland. Yeah. <laughs> he has the potential.
2: He has
1: potential. I mean yeah. you mentioned just the job that Rowland's defense did. Um kind of talk a bit about where did the I guess where did the strength come from on defense. Was it more was It was more up front? Was it in the secondary? Just it was more
2: it? front because even though know, Boy was three for nineteen and they used two quarterbacks, that's a whole nother drama. Mm-hmm. But Each quarterback had Neither one had time to throw They were both throwing off back foot Or having to be like um, Matthew Stafford And throw it side on There was no clear looks I think out of the whole 19 dropbacks Maybe two of them were clear
3: looks Was it more of Boyd's offense struggling or Raleigh's defense was just that good? Their front their front four is that good?
2: Well, see, the thing is, Boyd's, the offensive line was supposed to be the strength, so that's why a lot of them came all back, that. so yeah. that's why I was very surprised, because that was what all those guys paid last year, there's yeah. not a like, they were ushering a new line, so that's why I give Raleigh's defense more props because going in, that was supposed to have been the strength of Boyd was the offensive line, a lot of people four to five come back from last year you know, they struggled last year, but you couldn't tell because they were getting whooped up front all night long.
1: Yeah, that's very ironic because, you know, Devin, you know, listening to what he was, you know, talking about Relic coming into the season, the defensive line was supposed to be the area that was, I guess, had the most question marks surrounding it last week. It was the secondary, you know, led by guys, like you mentioned, Jared Wesley, Cameron Miles, uh, Lance Canyon, that area was supposed to be where a lot of the experience lied. It's going to be interesting just to see then, I mean, if they can replicate the effectiveness up front, I mean, they have to do whatever they can, if I'm just going to speak now from Rockwall's point of view, they've got to do whatever they can just to disrupt that connection between Jacob Clark and Jackson Smith, which is far and away the... Yeah, the heartbeat of that of that Yellow Jackets offense. I um, mean, you know, if you've not heard of, you know, Jacob Clark, Jackson Smith, one of the most dynamic, you know, quarterback receiver duos in the area. I want to say Clark finished maybe second in the Metroplex in 6A in passing last season. He had twenty nine hundred, uh, yeah, twenty nine hundred yards last year, twenty nine touchdowns. Uh, Jackson Smith had thirteen hundred yards, nine touchdowns. That's what you
2: call a go-to man.
1: They played twelve games last year, eight of them he had at least ninety yards receiving. I would say two points to out. One, whoever wins this game out put money was going to have to score
2: 40 points. you have to play to score 40 just to compete. And then two, uh, with the atmosphere at MIC in the grand opening and stuff, that was almost like a playoff like atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I know this is a rivalry game, but you're not going to be playing in front of 10,000 crazy people that are coming to see you on a big stage. So Rolette has gained experience <laughs> and in one week a lot of people don't get throughout a whole year.
3: And Jackson Smith, the receiver for, for Rockwell, last year against Rolette, he had 11 catches, 261 yards, two scores, and then he rushed for a touchdown as well. A kid special weeks okay. quarterbacks don't even eclipse no. 260 no. yards passing at the high school level yeah that was his best
1: game of the year last season then obviously I mean he was only a sophomore back then too which is insane yeah. to think of now obviously you know I don't know if how uh you know how heralded he was heading into that matchup but obviously he's not going to be sneaking up on <laughs> if in fact he, if in fact he did last year um yeah you mentioned just kind of needing to score 40 points to get the win and that really does kind of tie in with the recent history of this matchup um as I mentioned earlier Rockwell leads the um, the overall series 11 to nine but um, especially in recent years, you're basically getting a guaranteed shootout between these two teams. Um, over the last six meetings um, total, um, an average of 79 points have been scored <laughs> in each game wow. between uh, between Rowlett and Rockwell. So you're essentially getting you know an average of about 40 points apiece from them. So I mean, that just shows you just the high That's caliber right. of offense played between these two 40 teams. points just to compete.
3: And last year's showdown was so close. Rockwell had 21 first downs. Rowlett had 20. They each had over 425 total yards. Yeah. But uh, just on paper, just looking on paper, the difference was Rockwell turned the ball over three times. Yeah. Rowlett didn't. So I think if, if Rockwell just protects the football, I think Rockwell runs away with this yeah. this one easily. Despite Rollett looking really good in week one.
2: I won't say way. easily.
3: I, I got them winning. I, I think Rockwell's still the better team. Yeah,
2: I think, I think Rockwell's the better team this year. I got them winning. They're playing at home. But i can't to say they run away with that.
3: I'm if not giving you a bulletin board from here. Protect the Send all emails to Brian Murphy All, all <laughs> I'm saying is If Raulet turns the ball over three times And Rockwell doesn't yeah. If it it's the other way around I think Rockwall wins by two or three scores. If Rockwall, I mean, one thing that they'll,
1: two things that they'll need to do, I should say, is I'm turn- you mentioned turnovers. I mean, yes, turnovers kind of got yeah. the better of them in their opener against Highland Park. Plus, they had a really slow start. And this was a weird game against Highland Park. They were down late in the second quarter, 28-7 to to the Scots. And then, in about five minutes of game time, they scored 28 points. Wow. And took a 35 28 lead. Explosiveness. With uh, seven minutes left in the third quarter, their star defensive back, Anthony orji he's committed to Vanderbilt. He had a pick six. Um, but then Highland Park turns right around and scores 21 unanswered to pull away. So, I mean, with the you know, Highland Park uh, won that game. Uh, what was it, you know, 48, 40, uh, 48 42, I want to say the final score was. But either way, um, you know, still I mean, still a solid showing on the whole, considering, I mean, Highland Park is no slouch. It's, you know, arguably the best and, uh, team in all I, of Class 5A. And but,
2: then last year, to put things in context, they beat Highland Park. Park mm-hmm. for their only loss of the year, mm-hmm. and on the Honda Park won it on, on to repeat state champions, and I think they kind of had a, a letdown against Rowlett, so this might be good for them for this week in a weird way.
1: <laughs> Another, yeah, you mentioned it earlier that Rowlett, that uh, Rockwall is playing this game at, at its home stadium, Wilkerson Sanders Stadium, and that is one, you know, note, something worth noting, that these past two meetings, the ones that Rowlett have won, they have both been at the Cotton Bowl as part of the mm-hmm. uh, Cotton Bowl Prep Showcase, so a neutral site, not the, uh, the home field advantage that Rockwall figures to enjoy. Um, on uh, on Friday. So, uh, gentlemen, where do we kind of lean on this one? We've spent some time just kind of laying a, a bit of a backstory to this one. Should be another shootout, if recent history is any indication. So where did
3: you guys fall on this matchup?
2: 42-35, Rockwall Yellow Jackets.
3: Ooh. I don't have a score, but it's going to be somewhere, like you said, somewhere in the 40s maybe, or you mm-hmm. said that. It's going to have to be a shootout of, above 40. I'll score 40 just to compete. Just to compete, mm-hmm. but I, I think Rockwall wins this game. Yeah, I think
1: uh, it's you kind of got to defer to home field advantage in this mm-hmm. plus what you know, um, just how potent that connection between, uh, you know, Jacob Clark, Jackson Smith. Is. Although, to be fair, I mean that's not the short sight, you know, what Chase DePaul and uh, Jerry Evans did against uh, <laughs> against Boyd, where, I mean, Evans had, you know, nine catches 136 yards and uh, two touchdowns. Uh, one thing that I remember um, you know, we were looking into this matchup and just the, uh, kind of the depth that Rowlett showcased. Yeah, they, had five, they had three game. receivers that had over five catches. That's, that's hard to do. And that's something like, if you look at, I mean obviously Jackson Smith, just incredible in his own right, but here last week against Highland Park, here's just how reliant they were on on him. At least as far as Jacob Clark was, he was responsible. He first off his line last week against Highland Park, he had 13 catches for 232 yards and two touchdowns. He does this whole 200 plus receiving yards thing. Quite, quite frankly, I need really on my fantasy
3: football team. If there was a high school fantasy football, I'd <laughs> draft him my first round. He was uh, he was
1: so um, so Clark finished the game 22 of 34, 295 yards, two touchdowns. So Jackson Smith was responsible for 60. Mm-hmm. Of those completions, seventy-eight point and a half percent of the passing yards, and both his touchdowns. Oh, wow! So I, factor, I, I, I
2: mean, well, let's you had Jerry Evans with nine for mm-hmm. one thirty-six. He had the two big TDs. Trayvon King has six catches for sixty-one yards. Antonio Hall five catches for 35, 37 yards. So it's an equal distribution. Very, d- very different schools of thought coming what do you from think is those more dangerous.
3: Offenses. Having you know an elite superstar, one superstar receiver, or having three good high school receivers, three
2: high school receivers because while that secondary is going to be, they're going to be uh, ready, ready to go at him. I can tell. I can tell that. I'm sure,
1: they probably don't want to have another uh, two hundred-plus game yeah. <laughs> being put upon them again by by Jackson Smith. Um, so yeah. I think I think we're all in the camp of where we uh, we think the home field advantage should be uh, the the slight uh, the slight edge in this matchup to give uh, you know Rockwall the win. I do think it'll be a competitive game, another shootout, as has been the case in recent years. But um, nevertheless, should be a good one, a very worthy candidate of, uh, of game of the week. And um, to lead up to that matchup, we had a chance to sit down and chat with uh, with Rowlett's star quarterback Chase DePaul as he uh, as he outlined uh, you know their big win last week against Boyd. Looking ahead to uh, to Rockwall and more on the Eagles' season, and we will get to see what Chase had to say after a word from the sponsor. Let's take a quick break to talk about ATD Painting. Whether it's painting, staining, carpentry, residential, commercial, interior, exterior, if you need it painted, ATD Painting has got you covered. At ATD Painting, their goal is to provide a home improvement experience that is a great value, trouble-free, and enjoyable. And painting is really just kind of scratching the surface as uh, as to what these appointments entail. For ATD Painting's interior projects, things like painting, wall repair, ceiling repair, they'll make sure that your floors and furniture protected and that everything is all cleaned up afterwards for exterior projects not only will they do the painting but they will hand scrape loose paint reattach loose boards reculk windows or doors plus much more not only that if you visit their website right now atdpainting.com you can find a coupon for two hundred dollars off a complete exterior purchase Um, once again atd painting they've got four locations in the metroplex including in plano and Louisville. for more information call 972-694-8888 or visit atdpainting.com that is atd painting check it out to see just how affordable professional painting can be and now let's get back to the podcast
2: Kid Johnson on the student-athlete spotlight with Violet's Chase Topal. Went 21 for 31. 290 and two touchdowns against Boyd. Congrats on the opening win. How was, how was it to play at that $70 million out of Palace? Like, it, it, I, I live around the area, so people been talking about it, but to be up in there and be on the field, how was that to get that uh, experience? 10,000 people too.
4: Yeah, it was awesome. It was a great experience playing in front of that many people at that big of a stadium, biggest stadium I've ever played at.
2: Was that, was that kinda give y'all a little taste of what's gonna be like for the playoffs, you think? Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. You get, get some insight too. Everybody came in asking how is Chase Topal gonna do as the lead man under the bright lights, how's it feel to answer that bell in week one and let people know, like hey, while they don't have no problems at quarterback, we got this.
4: Uh it feels good. A lot more I have a lot more confidence in myself now. And um I'm glad I was able to go out there and do it. And Get, not leave a question mark.
2: I, I was have that have the, those first three series and come out and basically jump out on them. Oh yeah, it was felt, killing
4: them. Yeah, it felt good. It gave us a lot more confidence going into the rest of the game, knowing that we could drive down the field on them that easily if we wanted to. And um, I think it really helped our defense a lot too, seeing that we were doing good, and it helped the whole team just doing good the whole time right, so,
2: so what's coach been on to you about this week because minus a couple of missed throws you played the false game other than that fumble down the two y'all been talking about ball security and all mm-hmm. that good stuff um, you said what? What do you, you think about yeah, yeah. what do you think about your performance?
4: Uh, he thought I did pretty good. Um, I think he was happy with the way I played. So fast forward to this week, another big
2: game, Lake Ray Hubbard showdown against Rockwall. What do y'all have to do to get that W? Because going in, it seems like whoever wins the game is gonna have to score forty plus points. Mm-hmm. So, um, y'all
4: y'all ready for that shootout that y'all probably gonna have in your hands? Oh yeah, we just gotta practice hard this week. Lock in, study film real good. They're a good team. Uh, with this being your first year as a starter
2: Are you excited to be be a be, be Knowing that you're going to get some snaps and stuff in this big game After watching it and stuff last year Cause Last year's game was crazy, 48-41 oh, yeah. And that pulled out the end So how does it feel to know you're going to be a part of it this year yeah, full, watching, full
4: hands on deck Yeah, <laughs> Watching it last year was tough seeing yeah. All that fun happening because I was just sitting on the sideline. I'm glad to be a part of it this year.
2: How big a deal is your running game going to be? Because you're you're running back. He was a monster last week. It seemed like when they started kind of catching on to that quick game, y'all were hitting him with that. And he was just ragdolling dudes, literally. Like I was telling guys on the podcast, how he was like he did the one run. He literally yeah. carried him now to the one. I think trucked
4: that guy. Yeah, he's uh, been a big part of our team since freshman year. We use him a lot, and so I think he's going to be a pretty big part in the game on Friday as well. How much confidence did you know that
2: nine times out of ten? regardless of, y'all can play Allen there. At least y'all have advantage in speed. How Mm -hmm. big a deal is that for y'all game? Because y'all got some dudes that can fly, like track fly on your offense.
4: Uh, That's good when it comes to receivers running routes and stuff, one-on-ones. I mean, it's always good to have speed. So... Always gives you an advantage.
2: Does it give you extra motivation that people think come in the season? A lot of people are like, well, that's gonna be okay. They, they not talking about you like they usually do. You got any motivation?
4: Y'all even talk about that? Oh yeah, it gives a lot, a lot of motivation for sure. We want to prove people wrong, show them that we can be a playoff or a state contender and be up there with teams like Allen and Duncanville and DeSoto and teams like that. Oh, you won't see everybody. You want to see the big boys. Yeah. Does it, does, it, does it give y'all confidence to know that
2: y'all could even play even better minus the penalties or turnover here and there, and y'all still put up 45 points oh, the Oh, yeah, mistakes? for
4: sure. Even I missed a couple throws that would have been touchdowns easily. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, we just need to watch film, study, do what we do bring it onto the field at practice and then carry it over to the game so I think we'll be good
2: how big a deal is y'all getting all this quality experience on the road y'all even step foot at HBJ where y'all very comfortable at y'all playing these games on the road as if y'all gonna do in the playoffs so how big a deal will that
4: be going forward to know uh-huh. that y'all can take y'all game any place anywhere y'all game travels as they say mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't really think it's a big deal playing away I mean it doesn't bother me at all I mean I like playing at home for sure just cause it's home but playing away doesn't bother me but knowing that we can perform the same at home as we do away, give us a lot more confidence. And um, going forward for Friday, what's going to be three keys that the Riley Eagles have to do to bring home that dub? Stay locked in, know your assignment, and play hard. Do you think that speed going to be a factor again on Friday? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs>
2: Is there any smack talking going on on social media? Um, the fact that y'all y'all like they're literally right across the lake, like literally. So y'all know any of those kids are just kind of like y'all over here, y'all they on that
4: they on they end of the lake. Well, the past couple of years there has been. I haven't seen a lot this year, but there probably will be some later on in the week, maybe <laughs> tomorrow or Friday. <laughs>
2: it's still early. <laughs> yeah, it's still early. Check out this man, Chase Topa quarterback of the Violet Eagles, one and O trying to make it 2-0 against Rockwall. A lot of people are talking about this game. It's gonna be our game of the week. They found they go, this man going to be in the spotlight in the center. Check him out. Thanks for your time, brother. Yes, sir. Thank
4: you.
1: Thanks again to Chase for taking the time to chat for our student-athlete spotlight, highlighting our game of the week for week two of the high school football season, Rockwall versus Rowlett. The Lake Ray-Hubbard rivalry renewed Friday, 7.30 p.m. out in Rockwall at Wilkerson Sanders Stadium. That's not the only big game that we have going on this week. Mm. We got a few others on tap, so let's let's break down a few other marquee matchups within our coverage area. Brian, let's start with the game that you're actually going to be at. This game's later tonight, mm. Thursday, seven o'clock. Out at the Star, a matchup between uh maybe the best team in Frisco this year. Who knows? It's, we'll, have no nice. way of be, we'll have no way of knowing because they're they play in different a uh, different classification mm-hmm. from the uh, from the rest of the Frisco ISD heavyweights. There's still a
3: team called Lone Star out
0: there. Hey, just saying, just
1: saying. Uh, Frisco Reedy as they as they look to continue uh, their uh, their strong start to the season against the Colony, another team coming off an impressive start. Brian, you'll be at this game. Just talk a little bit about what, kind of what you're anxious to see tonight and your uh, your prediction for this one.
3: I'm anxious to see the two running backs that the Colony have, mm-hmm. Abdallah and Miles Price. I saw them play last year when they played Little Elm. I Price is electric. But he ain't
2: a running back. He's a running back. He's a receiver. I yeah. even have him throw the ball. He had three passes against last year. <laughs> he plays DB. Yeah. He run back a kickoff last week. I saw him run a kickoff that uh, was basically over 100 yards last year if he goes sideline. He went sideline to sideline, and then went up. It went down to 75. He got tackled to two. Yeah. Well, it was probably like 130 yards against yeah, North. Got to go see him play. Matt can tell you my predictions. Last week was top Kyron Cumbie. This guy, <laughs> this week is Miles Price, one of the top 2020 players in the, in the state.
3: He had over 100 rushing yards, over 100 receiving yards. He had four carries for 117 yards last week. Explosive. He had five touchdowns. Pretty solid per carry. He, yeah. he, he, oh, he, he had a kickoff. he had? Oh, he had a kickoff. He had six, total six touchdowns, touchdowns yes, yeah. in yeah. all three. Yeah. So <laughs> Rushing, and receiving, and special ends teams. But you don't just have to worry about him. You have to worry about Jaden Abdallah. Yeah. He's the the bell cow of that team. Oh. Twenty five carries. Oh, he had over two hundred yards himself in that game. So I don't know if that it, that was a high scoring game. 62-49s. We I'm mean, not expecting you know something that crazy tonight. I think Reedy's defense is a lot better than North Crowley's. But you know, I, if you want to beat the Colony, you got to slow down those two guys and or at least one of them. And that, that's <laughs> that's tough. Miles Price. He he's he's one of the, the most electric players you know in, in the in the state.
1: Yeah, no, no, that's not a short change. Mikey Harrington, it was, uh, you yep. know, he got kind of thrown to the wolves last year having a yeah. fill-in for Jamel Jones Jr. due to injury at the start of the season, um, and he's, you know, now got a whole year under his belt. Um, but, yeah, I guess, so looking at this matchup, um, with Reedy, what they did last week against Plano West, I, that's so fresh in my mind as far as, like, how much of that was just Reedy being, you know, this potential, uh, you know, this frontrunner for the 7-5A Division II District mm-hmm. Championship. Uh, much of it was Plano West going through a bit of a rough patch in their program's development. I don't know, but it was very resounding when they when you go up and you're up 41 to 6
3: at halftime over the second largest school in Texas. A lot of people I've spoken to, a lot of coaches I've spoken to around the area, they were surprised at this outcome and I I wasn't. You know, I know Reedy, I've been (laughs) picking them all summer to to win that district. You know, they have less than 2,000 students. Plano West has what, like, 5, over five thousand, that's to six. insane. Yeah. But they—they're just not a football program right now. No offense to playing OS, and I knew—I knew, I knew <laughs> really they're a special team. I think not only are they going to win their first playoff game ever, but I think they can make you know a run, you know, three rounds deep this year. They have that potential to go at least two to three rounds deep uh, in the playoffs. Josh Foskey, when you have a, a third-year starter at quarterback, you know you have the major advantage in this one, so you have the upper hand on that on, on Harrington. Uh, you had a, Mike, a guy named Michael Ferreira who wasn't a, really a player last year. Uh, didn't really see the field that that much as a junior. Uh, he had 80 yards, a couple scores uh, for Reedy. He came on the scene, filling in for Justin Gibson, who graduated. Uh, you have Nolan Matthews, you know, big target uh, mm-hmm. going to Arizona State. You know, Reedy, Reedy they're, they're a really special team, and you know they can protect the football <laughs> just like we said about Rockwell. I think you know they can they can beat the calling by a couple scores and not be. I won't be surprised by it.
2: Mm-hmm. The big picture, do you think they better be lone star?
3: <laughs> they, they play, like, play yeah, we'll never know Yeah we'll never know They won't play D1 versus D2
1: Yeah we'll never know I thought they could play in the playoffs La- Last
3: nah. year I thought it was going to be a nope. close game When they met late in the district season And Lone Star and was, ran away It was close the first half But Lone Star was the better team uh, but that's a different discussion, different podcast, different day. Uh, Re- Reedy is special. I think they win this game.
1: And Reedy did have the uh, the advantage you know, on the picket line between the six of our reporters here. Five of them went with Reedy. Justin Thomas, you know, the alone uh, holdover, taking the, uh, taking the colony. So. <laughs> Long woof. But nevertheless, the game, I think that, I don't know, I feel like we've been, you know, been espousing Reedy's greatness. I do think this is a match that is a bit closer on paper than the picket line, whether it sure. would otherwise make it sure. seem. Uh, let's see. Let's look at another game that we have uh, of note coming up. Hebron versus Arlington Martin. This is a game that uh, I, you know, I mentioned this in Monday's podcast recapping Week One. I think you know this game against Martin Friday 7 p.m. at Hawk Stadium, Hebron's home opener. This will kind of be the first look at what Hebron's going to look like this season. I know that they've already played a game, but um, you know, for reasons that were undisclosed by head coach Brian Brazile, they held out starting quarterback uh, Carson Harris, rolled with uh, their backup Alex Haltom, and um, he alongside Jalen Lot, Trajan Bridges, they were able to uh, you know snap a, a two-year funk against Plano Senior, coming with a 28-27 victory nice confidence boost to get a win over the Wildcats with your backup quarterback. And now Davis is going to start. again. Harris, I should say, sorry. Um, Yeah, Harris is going to start on Friday against Arlington Martin in a matchup that, uh, I mean, Martin's, listen, like year in, year out, Martin is right in there with, you know, your top 10, top 15 programs in the area. They are always going at least, you know, two, three rounds deep in the playoffs. Um, uh, Yeah, I guess uh, like I mentioned, you know, last week when we were talking about this matchup, you know, heading into Plano, I'm just kind of anxious to see what, how much Carson Harris has given Right out of the gates, how um, how much they open up the playbook for him? Because it Look is, who he's throwing the ball to? It is fair to say, um, just from a schematic standpoint, that it's going to be a much different looking offense that's than it was point, last though.
3: week. Who they're throwing the ball to? Trey Tra- John Bridges. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: That, that guy special. Another guy that's special. Don't even have to hype him up. He's going to Oklahoma. It's no, he's going to be in Norman next next fall. That's all you need, you need to know about him. But I think that that's going to be the difference in the game. So I went Lone Wolf. Yet again, I went Lone Wolf last week. I, I I'm putting my neck out there. It's the going to playing at
3: home. <laughs> you're going to get some losses on the pick. I'm the defending <laughs> champ, people. The so champion. am I. <laughs> <laughs> so am I. I, <laughs> I won the year before it's that. <laughs> yeah. How
2: you defending? <laughs> no, you you but, former. But this is the cha- this is the champions table right here. So uh, <laughs> this is the champions table <laughs> podcast. But the the plan at home and the fact that Martin's always competitive, but they're lacking speed in the secondary. And with them having, a sh- if they did that against uh, a solid plan on team last week, mm-hmm. I'm looking for them to be even more explosive because Bridges is, is going to put on the show. He put on the show last week. When he's sitting there just On like Third gear And everybody's going He's like That's what I do Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) We'll say that I think Martin is a cut above Plano this year
2: Or offensively
1: yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, obviously they can't run the ball with the same, you know, they don't have a player as explosive as Kyron Cumby. But I mean, I would say Martin is probably they probably grade out a bit a bit higher caliber an opponent than Plano does. I, I mean, obviously Martins are not they're not a team that loses quite often in the regular season. And I mentioned just keeping breaking in a brand new starting quarterback. Um, not entirely sure what to what to make. I think that uh, you know. Martin's probably a bit too tall a test for that very first start, um, just given Martin's pedigree, um, you know, despite Hebron playing at home. Woodshed's a notoriously tough place to play. I still rolled with Martin in this one, albeit not a not an easy call by any stretch. Um, let's round this out with a look at uh, sexy and Euless Trinity, a nice game that we got Saturday out of the Cotton Bowl at 1.30 p.m., uh, concluding the Cotton Bowl Prep Showcase. Um, Saxie, a team that showed pretty well, I think, all things considered last week, albeit the game ended in her Breaking fashion for them, but um, you know, Saxey hitting into their game against Capel. Um, you know, Capel arguably the best non-district opponent that they've played in. At least four or five years, I think, since since they played the uh, the Soso jamaba led Plano West Wolves back in 2014. Um, and all things being considered, when you look at just the laundry list of Division One talent that they graduated from last year's team, um, kind of a, a lot of question marks surrounding sexy And yet there they were, leading late in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter at Capel. Um, Caden Davis had other plans. Hit, you know, converted the 57 yard <laughs> field goal um, as the uh, as time expired for the uh, you know for the what 30 28 win. But nevertheless, um, still. I think some positives to take away from this if you're, a, if you're a Sachse fan. The defense looks like it's going to be once again yeah, so do you know about
3: Well, I have a, a really close friend of mine who's a coach on that team, and he told me there's, you know, I, I was asking myself, so I was like, y'all lost a lot of D1 guys. Obviously, Jalen Maiden mm-hmm. at quarterback. He's like, no, we still we have stuff. some D1 talent at D end and, you know, at the linebacker position. So mm-hmm. I'm like, the defense is still the strength. Quarterback, there's a little bit of a question mark there. They rolled out two different quarterbacks at times last mm-hmm. week. Um, So, you know, big question mark there, but you know, the way they lost, that's just that just really stinks. You know, I, I, y'all have been covering high school football much longer than I have. Have y'all ever seen anything like that? 57-yard game? I've seen a
2: 54, 55-yarder in a regional uh finals. And I was in, in high school in middle school. My dad's a high school referee. Mm-hmm. It was on Lake, Lake Highlands versus Nacogdoches in 94-95. Wow. And Phil okay. Dawson hit it. And he's still kicking today in the oh, NFL, okay. which okay. just makes it even more absurd. Dude's still in the NFL today kicking
3: for the 49ers. So this Coppell kid is in <laughs> fell down. Then. <laughs> well,
1: he's committed to Texas yeah. A&M. He's one of the better he kickers had the shot. in the final yeah, 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 state. number four in the nation or something like
3: Dang that. I don't God. know. If, if you're anybody. kicking 57 yeah, yards on yeah. the high
1: school field, then yeah, that's <laughs> you're you're a quality kicker. Um, so, sexy trying to right the ship against a team with a entirely different stylistic identity from Capel. Um, Ulyss Trinity, the first time that these two programs have ever hooked up. Um, you know what you're going to get with Trinity. They never deter from what they're uh, from their formula, you know, it's, it is about as imposing a run game as you're going to find in the uh, in the state. Just the physicality and the size of how that, nation that offensive be, line. How can they be up in there? Um, you know, Trinity, you know, looked uh, every bit the part of one of the uh, one of the better teams in the state in their opener. They crushed Waco Midway. Found kind of a surprising result, 37 mm-hmm. to seven. Um, as per usual, they've got a dominant running back. Uh, Brandon Theas ran for nearly 200 yards and three touchdowns. Trinity as a team totaled over, totaled nearly 300 rushing yards overall. Um, I'm anxious to see how sexy handles that style of play for the very first time because there is, there's no other team out there where you can replicate, mm-hmm. you know, in preparation you can replicate that kind of size, that kind of physicality, that kind of, you know, that kind of style of play right up until the heat of battle when you face that for the very first time. So I always kind of give, you know, teams that are seeing Trinity for the very first time. I think it's kind of a disadvantage in that sense. Mm-hmm. You're just, you're just not familiar with. With what it takes to kind of hang in the trenches with a program like that.
3: Um, so I kind of give, I think I give Trinity the edge in this one. I think what they did the, to Waco Midway, a team that reached the state championship game a year ago, granted it may not be the same exact team, It's not the same team. True, mm-hmm. but the, how they beat them, you know, they beat them by 30 points, you know, Trinity looks good. On paper, like I said, yeah. I haven't seen the play, but I, I just think the way Saxie's coming off that tough loss, it's at the Cotton Bowl, oh. you know, Trinity yeah. looked good in week one, I think, yeah. I think what Trinity.
2: What's your
3: roommate's name? I'll, uh, I'll leave that up now. It's, it's, uh, I'll tell you off air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll
2: <laughs> Former roommate. Still Bro. the best friend of mine. But Brian's buddy, hey, I got your back. I went lone Wolf again. <laughs> I picked y'all. That's the only I wanted his name. I'll make sure he listens. I'll make sure he no, hey, hey, let, him know. hey we, y'all, y'all got some support. I think I'm overlooking the fact that Saxies used to be in these type games, so they're not going to get intimidated by the fact that <laughs> Trinity does this and that because that's what they've been doing for the last three or four years, and they responded, so. I think, I think I, I, I'm a sexy
3: alum so it's not like I have anything against Saxe you know, I have a soft spot for Saxe you know? this would be
1: I mean if sexy able to pull off this would be one of the biggest wins in their history oh, I don't for think sure. it's- Sure. I think it. I think it is 100. That is, I mean, because that. I mean, I was saying the same thing last year against Capel. If you just look at the teams mm-hmm. that Saxey has played non-district, I mean, they're carrying themselves like a program coming off its best season ever with the kind of teams that they scheduled yeah. this season. But when you look at just their track record, again, like I said, like Capel was the best team that they had seen since Plano West back in 2014. It's been a while since they've played one of these upper echelon. I, at DFW I, th- I think it was more
2: the confidence boost that they need because, mm-hmm. like a lot of those players this year, from what I looked at, they weren't playing last year, so. They know what the program is, oh, yeah. but they I haven't think. actually done it. I so think, think they'll definitely. be in the mix and like, hey, we should have beat this team. We went in their house and we got beat. I guess what they'll probably think is a fluke kick that gives mm-hmm. you confidence mm-hmm. to go into this thing against Hawker Nation. And you know what to expect too. We're a and diversify offense. You know what's going to happen. That's the thing.
1: Everyone knows what to expect against Trinity, but very few teams <laughs> can stop actually it. stop yeah. it. <laughs> so that should be a, that should be a terrific game to round out the uh, to round out the week out of the Cotton Bowl on Saturday. And um, yeah, that's a look at some of the. Key games that we have on the docket for this week. Um, we'll all be out covering this stuff. You know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'll uh, we'll be tweeting live updates throughout the games. Gentlemen, working our re- our listeners follow uh, y'all on
2: Twitter. I'll be at the $70 Million Dollar Palace. That is Misd Stadium. Watching McKinney North to Justin Northwest. Very interesting. The last two years, that both teams have scored over forty points. Mm-hmm. So, expecting another shootout. In fact, two years ago it was like the first game I covered for North. Quarterback had seven touchdowns at the half. And they, they, they called the dogs off, but the state record is 10, so we could have saw a state record that night.
3: Did they build a special room in there for you with a bed and a nice little TV stand, <laughs> mounted TV for you at the at that hey, they valley? take <laughs> care of me out there, MISD. <laughs> Brian, what else uh, is on your coverage docket beyond the Colony and Reedy? Tomorrow night I'll be at Lake Dallas versus Frisco Centennial. That should be a good game. You know, last year you were at that game. It was yeah. a it was an, a thriller, to say the least. Uh, that <laughs> one's going to be at the Star, so, you know, I'll be at the Star tonight. I'll be at the Star tomorrow. Of that a that water. <laughs> yeah. The weather might be a little uh, bad, to say the least. So uh, I, I'll be nice I hope drop, man.
1: It is too early in the season for us to be <laughs> sweating out green delays yeah, and all that mess. Delays, you know. I hope we get just nothing but clear skies tomorrow. Well, I days. won't have to worry about that. Yeah, so yeah.
3: that's where I'll be. And you can check uh, all my live coverage and tweets and whatnot out at, at Brian Murphy mm-hmm. underscore Brian with the Y.
1: For um, for my game, I'll be out at Clark Stadium in Plano, covering Plano Senior against an out of an out of area opponent. First ever matchup. They uh, they welcome El Paso Eastwood um, to the fold. Should be a fun look at a team that we've never seen before. You know, Eastwood uh, a very up tempo, just four quarters of fury style offense. They average around 80 snaps. Probably going to make me dizzy, um, but should be fun <laughs> to watch nonetheless. Um, I'll be tweeting out updates best I can. You can follow me along at M Welch SLM. Um, And then once our games are done, um, first spot you can check out our stories, plus rapid reaction podcasts, video highlights, video interviews, you name it. We'll have it on our website, starlocalmedia.com. And that'll do it for this edition of the podcast, folks. Kendrick, Brian, appreciate y'all for tagging along. Folks, stay dry for for whatever game you're headed to tomorrow night. Um, Hey, enjoy the rest of your week, folks. We'll talk to y'all later. Thanks for checking out this edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast, brought to you by Performance Food Group. Performance Food Group delivers more than 150,000 food and related products to customers all across the country. If you want to get in on that process, PFG just might have a spot for you. Their McKinney office is currently hiring. Job openings include Class A CDL drivers and warehouse order selectors, as well as many other entry and part-time positions. An ideal choice for college students or people just wanting to find new careers in general. Uh, for more information, you can visit their website at pfgc.com careers for more job openings. If you prefer to contact them by phone, you can call at 214-491-3130 for more details. Once again, that is Performance Food Group located in McKinney at 500 Metro Park Drive.
0: Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than starlocaljobs.com.